like C. Wright Mills a lot, and he was writing at this time about these issues. And I don't think that enough people were as prescient as him back then, and his analysis still applies to today. So I'm going to read a small uh, set of passages from his book, The Causes of World War III, which was first written in 1958, a couple years after the power elite, but it builds on themes from the power elite. It starts off with this uh, section, War Becomes Total and Absurd. Uh, he says, or he writes, to reflect upon war is to reflect upon the human condition, for that condition is now most clearly revealed by the way in which World War III is coming about. The preparations for this war are now pivotal features of the leading societies of the world. The expectation of it follows from the official definitions of world reality. In accordance with these definitions, power elites decide and fail to decide. Publics and masses fatalistically accept, intellectuals elaborate and justify. The drift and the thrust to World War III is now part of the contemporary sensibility and a defining characteristic of our epic. Most of the causes of World War III are accepted as necessity. To expect its coming is considered realism. Politicians and journalists, intellectuals and generals, businessmen and preachers now fight this war and busily create the historical situation in which it is viewed as inevitable. For them, necessity and realism have become ways to hide their own lack of moral and political imagination. Among the led and among the leaders, moral insensibility to violence is as evident as is the readiness to practice violence. The ethos of war is now pervasive. All social and personal life is being organized in its terms. It dominates the curious spiritual life of the people's Christendom, the peoples of Christendom, okay? Because these are Christian nations, right? In theory. It shapes their scientific endeavor, limits their intellectual effort, swells their national budgets, and has replaced what was once called diplomacy. The drive toward war is massive, subtle, official, and self-directed. War is no longer an interruption of peace. In fact, peace itself has become an uneasy interlude between wars. Peace has become a perilous balance of mutual terror and mutual fright. And elsewhere in the book, a little later on, he has this very pity summation here. Uh, the causes of this war are not inherent in some vague historical context of drift and maneuver called international relations. The causes are seated mainly in the USA and the USSR. The immediate cause of World War III is the preparation of it. Now, this did not come to pass the way that he said, but only by dumb luck. Really, everything that he wrote here was completely accurate, and it all drove the two countries to this point uh, that led to the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it was only because you had two leaders in both places, Khrushchev and Kennedy, who went against the general thrust of the machines that they presided over. I mean, that's the really the only reason that you didn't have nuclear war here. So all that Kennedy, I mean, most of, it's not that difficult to argue that Kennedy, that the, the biggest motivation for Khrushchev to do this had was to avoid nuclear war, to try to deter the United States uh, from at least at, at the at least invading Cuba, but but maybe for nuclear war too, uh, and yet this led to almost to nuclear war. And that Kennedy was in this position because he had in April decided not to go forward with the Bay of Pigs, 
Uh, and so Castro was left in power and this was unacceptable to his military brass. And so he has continues all of these and to the, you know, the, the, the whole zeitgeist of the U.S. Uh, empire and society anyway, uh, that this was the reason that, that, that he um, was in this position. So this is a, a photograph of nuclear winter, uh, a sort of mock-up that was in a New York Times article of like imagining the world covered with ice. And uh, it, this this is what could have awaited the world because you have a big nuclear exchange and it results in enormous fires, which send a whole lot of ash into the atmosphere. And then it blocks out the sun and all the harvests die for 10 years and almost all of human civilization is wiped out because people die of starvation. The people that die in the nuclear blasts would actually be maybe luckier than the people that would starve to death. Um, so Khrushchev, in, in, given the stakes, I have to say Khrushchev, by doing what he did, was reckless, okay? He could quote international law and be correct, okay? I'm not disputing that, but that never really mattered uh, in, in the equation, and it never really has in human history so much. It, it, anything that ultimately resides on an appeal to international law is divorced from the reality of human civilization, unfortunately. Uh, bigger issues of security... And, and geopolitical realism meant that the U.S. would never allow a Soviet-backed bastion on its doorstep, not even with the most anti-war president the U.S. has had in 90 years, which I think is fair to say that about Kennedy. He resisted war every time it was presented to him, and it was presented to him like no other president had experienced in his short time in office, okay, with Laos, with the Bay of Pigs, with the Berlin crisis, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, with Vietnam again uh, to introduce ground troops, he always refused. And yet he always had to placate these forces that were pushing for this in different ways. Okay. Uh, the, so wrap your mind around that frightening fact. The most anti-war president that the U.S. had in the last 90 years almost started a war that, that could have ended human civilization. Uh, Khrushchev and Fidel did not grasp JFK's position, although Khrushchev did eventually uh, as he recounts in his memoirs, uh, it ended his it ended Khrushchev's premiership uh, eventually in the Soviet Union. Fidel also came to grasp more about what Kennedy was dealing with later, as we'll talk about in a future episode. Uh, after the assassination, he understood what happened. He even understood uh, what Kennedy was trying to do with the Alliance for Progress. There's a quote where he says, "Like these are all good programs that we would support, but Kennedy will never be able to establish the Alliance for Progress because the oligarchs." in Latin America and the uh, big business people in Washington or in, in the U.S. will never accept this. And Fidel proved right on that. But just like he was right about the Kennedy assassination, almost immediately he knew what happened and talked about it on the radio. JFK, uh, for his trouble, he was a guy who told a friend of his, I'm almost a piece at any price president. Uh, the, the problem is he's running this massive war machine that where the cosmology of the Cold War is just accepted, this sort of crackpot realism Seamus was referring to earlier, these mindsets that prevail. Uh, he almost, a, a piece at any price president, who the guy who would describe himself that way and not sarcastically, almost started World War III. They were close to uh, potentially having to take, or he would have deemed that it was necessary to take some military action, or he could have, or the military brass would have done something that would have forced his hand. Uh, he also got elected in part by flanking Dick Nixon from the right uh, on Cuba and the missile gap issue, both of which bore directly on this. So his own opportunism here 
uh, ended up in a way having to influence how he would act uh, in the future. Uh, with the Bay of Pigs, he kind of set the stage for this, but he, he balks at actually doing it, uh, actually going through with the U.S. invasion. But it made Castro and Khrushchev realize how easily the U.S. could topple the revolution. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire. Thank you.